etymology tonight. You know what etymology is? Now be careful, we're not talking about entomology. Entomology is the study of insects. We're not going to study about insects tonight, Anthony. Anthony knows entomology. We're going to talk about etymology. Etymology is the study of words, uh, their origins, and the way their use has changed throughout history. And so basically we're studying about words tonight, but especially about a word. I think etymology is an interesting study anytime. This word, though, is an especially important word. We want to look at that text that Jacob read for us earlier from Acts chapter 11, where it says the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. That statement is found in Acts chapter 11 and verse 26. Now, what about that word Christian? Where did it come from? What was the origin of it and how was it used? And the big question that we want to deal with in our study tonight is the question, was this name Christian given by God or was it a name given in derision by the enemies of Christ? We dealt with this question briefly at the end of the virtual Bible study last Thursday night. But I think it's an interesting question. We got some good discussion about it on our program. We offered some arguments that I hope are convincing in answer to that question. Uh, and we'll deal with that here in just a minute. Before we go further, let's stop and, and thank everyone for being present. We're very grateful that you're here. We have visitors tonight. We're always thankful to have visitors. Uh, we want you to feel especially welcome. We hope you'll come back whenever you have a chance to do so. And we invite your questions or comments, anything that you'd like to talk with us about that relates to the Bible, the Word of God, serving Him, uh, being a Christian. Ask any of those kind of questions. We'd be anxious to study with you from the Scriptures. We thank everybody for being here tonight. We appreciate you very much. Well, what about the name Christian? How would you answer the question if it was posed to you? that uh, You think this name is God-given? Someone says, you really think the name of Christian is God-given? I think that it was probably a name that was given by the enemies of Christ. In fact, there are a lot of people who say that that was the case. For instance, here's just an example from one commentator. He said, surprisingly, the word Christian appears only three times in the New Testament. The New Testament's use of the term indicates that it was a term of derision, a term placed upon Christ's followers by their critics. Christian was not so much a name that they chose as a name that was applied. Uh, it was not so much a name they chose as it was a name that was applied to them. They were called Christians. This is consistent with our observation that it was a term placed upon them by hostile critics. Now that's what that's what uh, you, you can find a lot of people who comment along those lines. Another commentator says the word Christian was quote coined by the pagan slang of the city of Antioch. And so the pagans in Antioch coined the term Christian, and that's where it came from. What do you think about that? I, I, just common sense-wise, uh, to me, that seems not logical. Um, if it was a name given in derision, a slang term that was applied to Christians, why would they proceed then to wear it consistently and wear it with honor both then and throughout the centuries, it has continued. On our virtual Bible study uh, Thursday night, on our virtual Bible study, we, we read a comment about some people who disagree with us on the subject of homosexuality and same-sex marriage. And you know what those people call us? 
if we oppose homosexuality, you know the term, one of the terms that one of those critics applied to us today? Religitards. This person said we were a bunch of religitards. Oh, religitards. I'll take that name and I'll run with that. I'll use the name religitard. I'll call myself a religitard and I'll go out and I'll try to promote the cause of my Lord and Master using the name religitard. Would I do that? If, if, if some enemy of the cause applied that name to us, and that's, that was the case. Here was a person on the Internet who called us religitards. Would we take that name applied by an enemy and then run with it? We will use it. We'll probably wear it. That doesn't even make sense, does it? But that's basically what these people are saying. When they say that the name Christian was given in derision by the enemies of Christ, that's effectively what they were saying. They took this slang term and they accepted it. And they applied it to themselves and they proceeded to use it. And, and it, has, it has continued now for 2,000 years nearly. I don't think that really makes sense. Actually, I believe the answer is that this was a God-given name. The name Christian was a God-given name. And I want to suggest to you some arguments in support of that conclusion. All right? First of all, I think uh, the most powerful arguments along this line come from prophecies made by Isaiah. Now, remember that Isaiah prophesied approximately 700 years before Christ. And in his prophecies, Isaiah prophesied that a new and everlasting name was going to be applied to the people of God. For instance, in Isaiah chapter 65, beginning verse 2, he said, I have spread out my hands all the day into a rebellious people which walk in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. Therefore will I number you to the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter. Because when I called, you did not answer. When I spake, you did not hear but did evil before mine eyes, and did choose that wherein I delighted not. The Lord God shall slay thee, and call his servants by another name. Now, do you get the tenor of that? Here's Isaiah prophesying a judgment of God against his people then. So against the Israelites, against the Jews of that day, uh, he had called and they did not answer. Uh, he, he spoke and they did not hear. And so he's saying, the sword is coming, a punishment is coming. He says, uh, the Lord will slay thee and call his servants by another name. Notice especially that last expression there. God was going to punish the Jews, and he was going to call his true servants by a different name. Well, there Isaiah is predicting a new name. Now, the much clearer, and I think especially important, uh, prophecy of Isaiah concerning this name is in chapter 62, beginning verse 1. In Isaiah 62, beginning verse 1, For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, uh, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall call. Notice, the people of God were going to be called by a new name, and that name would be given by God. Now, think about that. A new name given by the mouth of the Lord. What would that name be? Well, uh, I suggest to you that the name is Christian, that he gave that name as a new name. He rejected the Jews as he said he was going to reject them, and he applied to his true servants a new name, uh, that would be the name Christian. Now, he didn't, he didn't tell what the name was, 
But there would be a new name, of course, that name never heard of in the Old Testament times, but it was heard in, in the first century. Now, Isaiah had more to say about that. Uh, Isaiah linked the giving of this new name with the call of the Gentiles. And so he not only told what God was going to do, he also uh, specified when God was going to do that. God's going to call his people by a new name. When's that going to happen? Well, go back to that verse in Isaiah chapter 62. And notice this new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall give, it was linked with the Gentiles seeing his righteousness. So a new name was going to be given, and in conjunction with the Gentiles seeing the righteousness of God. Well, think about that for a minute. When were the disciples first called Christians? When did that happen? Well, it happened, go back to our text that we get this statement from, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. What's the significance of that? Well, Antioch, of course, that's in Acts chapter 11. That's just after Acts chapter 10, the conversion of Cornelius, the Gentiles being brought into the kingdom of God, right? And Antioch itself, what was Antioch? It was the first significant Gentile congregation, right? And so that fits, doesn't it? Isaiah said that this giving of a new name by God would be linked with the, the Gentiles seeing God's righteousness. And that's exactly the time frame of Acts chapter 11, verse 26. The, Christi the, the disciples were called Christians first name. Why didn't they be call called Christians before that? Why had that name never been given before? Well, because the, the timing of the prophecy wasn't ready until in Antioch, a Gentile church, the disciples were first called Christians. And so that all fits. If I had to pick my strongest arguments in defense of this answer, that the name Christian was a God-given name, I would go to the prophecies of Isaiah. I think those are really clear, very specific, and the fulfillment of them is easy to see. But I think we can add some other arguments as well. One of the arguments we could use is that the term were called uh, is used nine times in the New Testament. It's always used where the calling is of God. Now get that. Here's that text, Acts chapter 11, uh, where it says the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. This expression right here, were called, you find that same expression nine times in the New Testament. The, the Greek word is krimatizo. I don't know if that means anything to us or not. It, it could be a, a word that would be used of anybody, but it, by inspiration, the New in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit always used it relative to God's calling. And so, if here in Acts 11 it means that the, the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch by their detractors, the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch by their enemies. If, if, if it's being used that way here in Acts 11, it's the only place in the New Testament where it is so used. Every place else in the New Testament is used of God assigning uh, something or naming something or calling something. And so uh, we would say if it's not the case here, it would be the exception. It would be the outlier. Because everywhere else this expression, we're called, is found in the New Testament. It's always used where the calling is of God. We would ask, furthermore, why would Peter encourage disciples to glorify God by wearing this name? 
Now notice what he said, 1 Peter 4, beginning verse 15. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or a busybody in other men's matter. Yet if any man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Now think about that. You glorify God by wearing this name. Well, change that. If, 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 as some say, this was a name given by critics and enemies and detractors, then change that. Um, if any man suffer as a religiotard, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. Well, would, would that seem to fit? Uh, or, if, anybody, if any man uh, suffer as a religious fanatic, let him not be ashamed, but let him wear, glorify God on his behalf. Or, if anybody uh, is called a mindless fool, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. You see, it just doesn't fit, does it? Now, there are people who might call us, and they do. They call us religiotards. They call us religious fanatics. They call us mindless fools. But we don't latch on to that and use that as our identifier from there on in, right? You know, actually, the critics of Christians in the first century did use derogatory names to identify the disciples of Jesus Christ. But the disciples did not latch on to those names. The disciples did not assume those names and wear those names and identify themselves by those names. Let me give you an example. In Acts chapter 25, uh, 24, Acts chapter 24, verse 5, when Paul was being accused, remember he'd been arrested and he was being accused, they said about him, for we have found this fellow, that is Paul, the Apostle Paul, a pestilent fellow, we have found this man, a pestilent fellow, and a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. And so, here were enemies of Christ. What did they call his followers? They called them the sect of the Nazarenes. Well, why didn't the disciples then begin to call themselves the Nazarenes? They didn't do that, did they? So, what we're saying here is there were other derogatory terms that were intended uh, to bring shame upon Christians, but the Christians didn't pick up and start using those terms. Now, you know, it's kind of interesting. There, there is a religious group today that calls themselves the Nazarenes, but that's not what they did in the first century, right? There's another term here. Uh, uh, Paul said, I, Paul, confess unto thee that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all the things that are written in the law and the prophets. There's another word they used about the disciples. They said they were heretics. That's a derogatory term, right? That the enemies of Christ applied to the disciples. Why didn't they pick up and start calling themselves the heretics? They didn't. And so what we're saying is there were certainly derogatory terms applied by the enemies of Christ. There were derogatory terms applied to his disciples. They did not pick up and use those names. They did use the name Christian. And Peter said... He even encouraged himself, glorify God by wearing that name. That, to me, would indicate it was a name given by God. Paul encouraged Christians to wear the name Christ rather than human, the name, the name of Christ rather than human names. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, some of the trouble, and we've talked often about all the trouble there was in the church at Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning verse 12, Paul says, Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? 
Now get the argument that Paul's making there. He asked rhetorical questions here when he said, uh, were you, were you baptized in the name of Paul? No. Uh, was Paul crucified for you? No. The answers are obviously no. He said, well, why are you calling yourself by the name of Paul? If Paul wasn't crucified for you, if Paul wasn't, uh, if you weren't baptized in his name, why would you call yourself after Paul? Or why would you call yourself after Apollos? Was Apollos crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Apollos? Or what about Cephas? Was Cephas crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Cephas? No, no, no. So don't call yourself after their, their name. Wait a minute. Was Christ crucified for you? Yes. Were you baptized in the name of Christ? Yes. So he says, don't wear the name of Paul or Apollos or Cephas because you were, they weren't crucified for you and you weren't baptized in their name. But Christ was crucified for you and you were baptized. What's the implication? You should wear His name, right? Don't wear the names of men who weren't crucified for you. Don't wear the names of men uh, in whose name you weren't baptized. The implication is wear the name of Christ because He was crucified for you and you were baptized in His name. Now, if you were going to wear the name of Christ, how would you do that? How would you do that? You would do that by the term Christian. Christian. Because that word means of or belonging to Christ, right? That's what the term means, literally, of or belonging to Christ. That's how you would wear his name. Let me give you an example from the scriptures. In Mark chapter 3, verse 6, it says, The Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, Jesus, how they might destroy him. Now, notice, I'm just using this as an example. Notice that word right there, the Herodians. Well, you see the word Herod, right? You know, we understand Herod. We know about Herod in the New Testament. What is the I-A-N, a Herodian, or the Herodians? What does that mean? Well, I-A-N is a suffix meaning belonging to or adhering to. And so, that was not a derogatory term. Those people identified themselves as Herodians. They belonged to Herod. They were followers of Herod. They were adhering to Herod. Right? So that's how they use the term there concerning Herod. So if you were a follower of Jesus, if you belonged to or you were adhering to the teachings of Jesus, what would you call yourself? Paul said you ought to call yourself by the name of Christ. How would you call yourself by His name? You would call yourself by His name by using the term Christian. That's what it means, right? In fact, I really don't know how else you would do that. Since we're supposed to wear the name of Christ rather than human names, I don't know any other way that we could wear Christ's name other than identifying ourselves as Christian, belonging to or adhering to Christ. That's what the word means. Finally, let me suggest to you that James spoke of the worthy name by which you are called. Look in James chapter 2 at verse 7. James 2 verse 7 says, Do they not blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? Now, he doesn't identify what the name is, but what would the name be? The name by which they were called. Well, I think he has to be talking about the name Christian, right? The name of Christ, those who followed him, Christians. The New American Standard Version says, Do they not blaspheme the fair name by which you have been called? 
But maybe the clearest is the Revised Standard Version, which says, Is it not they who blaspheme that honorable name which was invoked over you? Right? Now, what that makes clear there is they were called by a worthy name. They had been called by this name. But here, the, the Revised Standard Version makes it clear that the calling was of God. This honorable name which was invoked over you. And I would argue that James 2 there makes it clear that the name was given by God. Now, these, these are six arguments. Some of them are closely related. Others are, are you know, there's several different avenues of argumentation, I guess, is what we're suggesting here. Very strong indication by prophecy that the name was given by God. The, the usage of the terminology, we're called, leads us to that conclusion. Why would they wear the name that was given in derision? Uh, that doesn't really even make sense. You don't take a, a name that, that, a slang name that the enemies of Christ would put upon you and go with it. There were other derogatory terms that were used. They never accepted those as their identifying uh, name. I think Peter encouraged them to wear the name of Christ to glorify God on that behalf. God gave the name. Paul encouraged people to wear the name Christ. How are you going to wear the name Christ if you don't say Christian? James spoke of a worthy name that was invoked or spoken over you. I think all of the evidence points to the idea that the name Christian was the, the fulfillment of the prophecies of Isaiah. Now that lesson is, is sort of a FYI kind of lesson. I think it's an interesting topic. We did talk about it briefly on the Virtual Bible Study the other night, but I thought it'd be good to sort of formalize those arguments and get them out there for you for your consideration. I don't know that this is the kind of thing that we're bumping into all the time. In our day and time, the name Christian is widely accepted. Nobody thinks much about it. In fact, probably the name Christian is misused today because it's applied to all sorts of things. In the Scripture, it was exclusively applied to the disciples of Jesus. But now... You, know, you could hear about a, a Christian softball game, you know, uh, or you could hear about an ice, uh, a Christian ice cream social. They use the Christian to identify the name Christian to identify all kinds of things that, wherein it is not appropriately used. And so I don't think this is a big uh, point of contention that we're we're having to fight uh, as to the origin of the word Christian. But I think it's something interesting to know about, uh, and. Really, in a way, I think it's something for us to sort of rejoice in, that we ourselves here today, uh, nearly 2,000 years later, can join with the disciples of Jesus from so long ago, wearing that worthy name that God gave to the followers of Christ. Thanks for your good attention to what we've had to say. We're going to end our lesson with a song of encouragement. If you've never obeyed the gospel, if you've not become a Christian by obeying the gospel plan of salvation, this is a great opportunity. Uh, we want to make it available to you. Uh, upon hearing the truth, believe it, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus and be baptized. We'd, we'd be anxious to assist you in your obedience. We'd be glad to study with you more. If you're a Christian but you've fallen away and not been faithful to your Lord and Master, come back to Him in repentance and prayer. If we can help, let us know while we stand.